Welcome to a, another episode of Above Idol. Um, this is episode 19, I believe, and this is Adrian. And this is Clay. We're coming to you guys from rainy, dark, sad, fall, not daylight savings, Austin. Yes, and uh, we really shouldn't be complaining about weather, considering where we are, but we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... It's cutting into my riding. It's been misting. You know, it's hard to convince yourself to go out and ride when it's 50 degrees and misty. Riding in the mist is not fun. It's not enjoyable. <laughs> I would rather ride in a hurricane than a light mist. Yes, you heard it here first. Uh, Jose's somewhere. We're not exactly sure, but he, he may he may appear in the feed at some point later in this episode, or he may not. It's a cliffhanger, folks. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, yeah, so we got uh, a whole bunch of uh, listener feedback and um, some old listener polls to go through later on. But uh, I think we're going to start with just a little uh, roundup of some some news. There's been a, a lot of fun, interesting moto news uh, that's come across the interwebs over the past seven or eight months since we did our last podcast. So we thought we'd recap some of the some of the interesting ones that caught our eyes and and the first. First up here on the notes list is this um, this Ghost Rider, this self-driving BMW R1200 GS. Um, Clay, I think you 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 pulled this one off the interwebs. Tell us more. Yeah, well, basically, motorcycle riders are under threat. We're under attack, and we need to band together and fight these forces that are trying to make us obsolete. I believe they're called algorithms. Yes, these quote-unquote algorithms are being used to ride a motorcycle without a rider. (laughs) This is a true story. A fully self-driving R1200GS has been demonstrated by BMW Motorrad, and um, it is frightening at the same time that it is pretty exciting, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When are the times where you need a self-driving bike? Well, there are all those times when you need to take a quick nap on the way from point A to point B. I think that uh, <laughs> it would come in handy then. I think we've all been on some stretches of road that are real, real dull, right? That's we right. talked about this last time, right? Just super slab hauling it. There's, there's just sometimes mm-hmm. when you just got to go, you just got to get from point A to point B. It's not twisty. It's not pretty. It's just functional. And like, it would be kind of sweet to space out, have like lane following like a lot of modern cars now have. Yeah. I I mean, being realistic, I imagine this is a kind of a safety. They're looking at this as a safety feature. Um, in case something crazy happens, the bike will... You know, correct itself as much as possible and prevent you from getting in an accident. But less than like calling an Uber uh, bike and having it show up in uh, front of your house and you climbing on it and reading, you know, uh, through Twitter on your way from point A to point B. (laughs) No, but what I do want is when the weather turns nice. So it's like a rainy, cold morning. I feel lazy. I don't get on the bike. I take my car to work. I want to be able to 
Call my motorcycle. Yep. Have Mike it show shows up, up at right work. next to your bed. <laughs> yeah. Show up at work so I can take the bike home and then uh, go back, swap for my car at work, and uh, have the bike drive itself home. Yeah. Well, okay. There is a realistic scenario that we should be focused on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are times where you just need, or you uh, ride your bike downtown because it's easier to park. And then, hey, you have a you have a drink at the show and you're like, you know what? I shouldn't be driving this motorcycle home bike. Take yourself home. I'm going to take a self-driving Uber bike home. <laughs> <laughs> but really, this is a pretty impressive demo. If you haven't seen it, uh, you can find it on ADVPulse.com. There's uh, this was from back uh, uh, September 2016 of 2018. <laughs> Uh, no, so it's pretty badass. It it's pretty. It's kind of creepy to watch it, like kind of go around corners and and right itself, stand back up. You're just like, oh, somebody just set that bike in motion. It's about to fall over, and then it. Right. Yeah, it's creepy. It's cool. So yeah, as much as it it threatens to take all of the fun out of riding a motorcycle, um, I could see some upside to this kind of technology. Too. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a lot of extra tech, right? And it's got to have it, it. Then needs some kind of servos or things that allow it to to turn the wheel, actually, you know, steer the front wheel. Right. Obviously, all these bikes now are so drive by wire anyway. Doing all the throttle and gear shifting and all that actually seems more straightforward. It's the it's the turning and balancing that's kind of the new the new trick of this whole. Uh, of this algorithm. The gear shifting would be interesting to see how they've worked that out. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just put like an automatic in it. They've got like a little uh, a little robot hand that's attached <laughs> to the to the handlebar that just squeezes the clutch when necessary. And you're like, you keep wanting to put your hand there, and you're like, ah! Gross! <laughs> Why did they make it so fleshy? Yeah! So lifelike! These Germans, very thorough. Oh, all right. What else? What else have we seen here in this wacky world of the internet? Um, I saw this uh, Indian FTR twelve hundred. Um, this thing looks, I think, pretty cool. It's basically like a flat track uh, kind of bike because you know Indian's been jumping back into flat track with Harley. Um, you know, trying to kind of be an alternative, be another vehicle out there be another platform that people can can ride and um you know we've seen a bunch of these flat track sort of variant racers that look look pretty badass i mean mm -hmm. i think i mean i'm not you know a, a big american v-twin guy necessarily but like v-twins are beautiful you know i had a ducati with a v-twin it's mm -hmm. super enjoyable uh power plant and this thing is you know most of the indians that are out to date I mean, the Scout's smallish and compact, but they still look like cruisers to me. You know, they still look like cruisers, baggers, you know. Yeah. Very. They've just been modified a little bit. Yeah. Very aligned to the American, you know, to Harley, basically, um, but with Indian flair. But this bike, this bike looks like, I don't know. I've heard the term power cruiser, which kind of irritates me. Um, I haven't heard that one yet. Yeah. It doesn't kind of make you want to. Power cruiser. Um, it does not look like a cruiser to me. No, it doesn't. It looks like um, looks like a naked bike. It looks like a looks. It's got a little like trellised frame. It almost looks yeah. a little, a little bit uh, European in some ways. It does. What what is Indian thinking? <laughs> They're going to alienate their entire base. 
I think they have some some uh, some room to play. They have some carte blanche. While they have history and legacy, and that's obviously why Polaris bought the brand in the first place to to re you know uh, reinvigorate it. Um, I feel like they have room. They're not Harley. They're not as like sort of stuck in that rut that they've you know created over uh, the past you know uh, hundred years. <laughs> Uh, they, I feel like they have room in their brand to do stuff that's a bit more experimental. Yeah, that's true. And it is nice to see the Americans, uh, the American brands experimenting a little bit and stretching out and uh, not just assuming that everybody in the U.S. wants to buy the same old bike. Yeah, I, I think this thing's buy. pretty sexy. I, I think it'd be a lot of fun. It, it's probably still pretty heavy. Um, right. But, you know, nice cast uh, wheels. Like I said, a little trellis frame you can see, kind of high-ish, semi-high-ish uh, dual exhaust. Um, it's got that sort of like uh, Euro-style uh, kind of mudguard that comes off the the, mm-hmm. the, the rear axle uh, with the license plate holder. I always think right. that looks awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they're going to have to work on the name of their brand because... You know, you can't use the word Indian anymore. No, no. N- Native American FTR 1200. Uh, yeah, I would even maybe call it the indigenous. Indigenous people's FTR 1200 is yeah. here. So so uh, Indian, if you're listening, you can have that one. Shame for free. on you. <laughs> and shame on you. <laughs> um, yeah, that thing looks kind of cool. And I'm excited to see it. Like you said, it's very awesome to see an American brand doing something that, um, you know, is, is a little bit. Uh, lustworthy though they're they're owned by polaris now which i believe is a french company no i think they're u.s based or canadian maybe oh no i think tell me it's not so because they started in snowmobiles is that why you're saying that uh you know the canucks love snowmobiles yeah i'm i'm tempted to say oh wait a minute i'm wrong i am totally wrong they are out of minnesota that's you know what though that in your defense that's basically Canada. Basically anything north of Oklahoma is Canada to me. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like the UP, you know. All right. Uh, next. I don't know why I thought that it was French. That, that one. That was way off. That was. I, think that uh, I was thinking of Bombardier. You were thinking. <laughs> you were thinking of French Canadians. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Um, should we? Do you want to stay with that a little longer? Should we keep? Talking about where Polaris is from, or do you want to do a new topic? Uh, I think I could do another fifteen minutes or so on this. <laughs> <laughs> I see your uh, your sheet of notes. I think you have a lot of Polaris. Uh, um, yeah. All right. We'll stop Bombardier there. Bombardier is Canadian, not French. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so we're just going to do like a half hour on where companies are headquartered, right? Yeah. Welcome okay. to HQ Talk. <laughs> Exxon Mobil, go. Uh, obviously that is based in Houston, Houston, Columbia, France. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't know. Okay. Let's just keep going. Okay. Uh, we've definitely gone off the rails here already. Okay. I saw, uh, Senna has a new helmet jam and it's like a, a, a sort of classic bucket style helmet really vintagey looking uh and they've integrated their um their bluetooth communicator into it so um 
not like a like a, you know you can still see the device sort of sticking out the side but it's a pretty cool looking thing it's got you know you can get the little clip on visor for it uh it's got the kind of retro styling um i don't know i came across this on uh, iron and air uh their website that's just a great magazine i think we were talking about magazines last time mm-hmm. um but it looks pretty slick not not too bad for a sort of techified helmet no, I think that's great. I mean, one of my biggest gripes about the uh, traditional Cine has been just dealing with, you know, t- taking it on and off the helmet, remembering it. You know, you leave your helmet locked to your bike, but then do you take the Cine off in case somebody tries to steal it? Yada, yada. There's, uh, I mean, I never really did. And I guess I got <laughs> lucky because who's going to steal something like that? But. Yeah, but it does, you know, sort of stand out like a tech object hanging off the helmet. It does. Um, I'm sure it tempts a certain type of thief. Yeah. And just even the aesthetic and like it catching the wind and having a little more wind noise. Like I like these integrated ones, but um, we haven't seen anything like this that that is a there's an open face helmet, you know, meant to be worn with goggles. Um, Which is interesting. How does the mic work if it's it's an open face helmet? I don't see, I'm looking at the pictures, I don't see, you know, a gooseneck sort of mic thing coming off the side. Is it, is it somehow integrated into the shell of the helmet? Well, you have to get an implant uh, put into your jawbone. Oh, right. Like your literal jawbone. Yeah, it's a very small surgery. Um, You know, outpatient, you know, two, three days recovery, you're good to go. Sure. Well, that seems like a small price to pay for uh, such an easy solution. Yeah, no price on the helmet yet, but the surgery is $13,000. With insurance. <laughs> Without assuming, insurance, it's $72,000. Assuming your insurance uh, covers a mic bone graph. Right. Which is becoming more common. Yeah, I mean, I know that the American Motorcyclist Association has been lobbying for that. <laughs> because uh, you're an AMA member, right? That's right. Wow. See, there's your dollars at work. Hey, by the way, uh, I... My my starter died on my car on my cage this past week, and I used that AMA towing service to get my my car out of a bind. Did they did they did you tell them it was a motorcycle? Yeah, well, I told them it was two motorcycles side by side. Obviously, I mean it has four wheels. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that was one tow out of. Hopefully not too many that I will need this year. <laughs> so how many toes are you up to on your membership? Uh, I think three. Okay. So you're in the black. Oh, this definitely. This thing is paid for. I mean, it's $50 a year. That that car tow would have been $70 at yeah, least. Yeah. Um, so you going to renew your membership next year? I am. Okay. They auto-renew. Um, <laughs> convenient. <laughs> I have no choice. <laughs> Now, if they could do something about the eight hundred dollar uh, starter repair uh, replacement job on my car, that would be nice too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Good luck with that one. Yeah, that one hurts. Yeah, but that thing starts like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> so, like every time, huh? Every time, just like before, but you know, slightly better with more money out of your bank account. That's right. Yeah. Well. Maybe you're lighter. Maybe you're lighter in the seat. That was what was throwing it off. That extra 800 bucks in your wallet was really weighing you down. It was just too much effort for your car to have to start through that. Oh, my God. I never even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, Next time you have a problem with your car, the best plan is just to take your wallet and just dump it on the street. 
Okay. And then see see what happens. All right, listeners, remember that. Sage that's, advice. That's an Adrian pro tip. <laughs> oh, I miss Jose. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're recording this ahead of this date, but knowing us, this is going to launch after this date. October 13th has been declared by some organization, which I'm, I really can't get to the bottom of who this is. They have a website as National Motorcycle Ride Day. Have you heard this? So wait, you, we're recording this before this date? Yes, October 13th is ahead of us still. Is it? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but if you would just work with me. Okay. Time has flipped backwards. I get it now. I'm just trying to reduce the lag between episodes. Okay. And, you know, a little obfuscation would be appreciated. Sure. Yes, we are recording this in... Right after the last one, in adherence with our broadcast schedule. Well, right, of course. Yes. These have all been recorded back to back days. <laughs> we took we took three weeks off of work two years ago and started this podcast. That's and right. Just recorded all these episodes. That's right. And uh, which you would think they would get better each day, right? You'd think we'd have like a little rhythm if we were honestly doing this day after day. Have you guys heard about this Donald Trump guy running for president, by the way? <laughs> what is going on with that? I mean, does he Not really think happen. he can win? Not going to happen. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, next year, mark your calendars for next year. Uh, October 13th, National, National Motorcycle Ride Day. Well, isn't that just adorable? It is um, adorable. And I think it's funny. I'm looking at the website now, and it says... The month of October is significant because it is the month that John B. Dunlop developed the first practical pneumatic tire back in 1887. Wow, somebody's really stretching to put together. (laughs) I can see why they could have had it no other time than October. I mean, (laughs) that's just a milestone that people tend to gloss over for some reason. Yeah, that's Um, why I got the tattoo of that on my... On my back. That's right. And that's what makes October the most magical month. It is. It's magical. All right. Um, let's just leave that last news item because that that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this is now we're really old on this one, but I think this is awesome. Honda Monkey. This thing is sweet. Little. Yes, it is. Microbike. Uh, I, I, think it is, I think it's based on the... Is it based on the Growl? No. It's its own thing. It's, it's based own on package. a bike that's been around for decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like 1960s, little, you know. 1968. Honda Cub, uh, little 50s, 50cc banger. Like, I think I didn't. No, I, it was called the Monkey in, in 68. Not the banger. Not the Cub. <laughs> not the Cub. Uh, right, right, right. What's the, was the Cub? Oh, whatever. Well, let's see. I'm going to get this wrong. But anyway. The Super Cub. Hmm. hmm. Maybe the monkey was a modified cub. <laughs> cub Junior? Cub Senior. You know what? You guys have the internet. Just look it up. Just God. Google it. Fact check us. Send us an Jeez. email about how wrong we are about it. Google everything. it for Christ's sake. Yeah. What are we here to tell you things? Get out of here. Uh, I like this thing, though. This thing's cute. It's high handlebars, big, funky old seat, over ambitious, uh, you know, muffler protection. <laughs> About as cheap as you could possibly build this thing. Nice round headlight. 
lots of little unnecessary chrome bits. This thing just looks super, super duper fun. I know a lot of people grew up riding little like 50cc dirt bikes in their backyards and, and stuff. I didn't have that pleasure. I grew up in a city. I didn't have parents that were down with motorcycles. So I came to this, this world very late. But I still somehow have a, too. a bit of nostalgia for this, even though yeah. <laughs> this is not part of my riding heritage. And I think that's what Honda's after, right? A little uh, a little nostalgia, a little like, oh, I remember when I got to get one of these, throw it in my garage, even though I already have real bikes. Absolutely. This thing just looks like a blast. It's totally approachable. <clears throat> um, yeah. 30.6 inch seat height. I think most people could probably flat foot that bad boy. Is it that much? 30.6. That's actually... That's uh, not insignificant for how tiny this bike is, but I, yeah, I, that's I think anyone I could, could manhandle or woman handle this thing. Uh, 230 pounds, uh, 236 with ABS. <laughs> that's hilarious you can get ABS on this little thing. I don't feel like you could ever go fast enough to need ABS. Um, the Grom is uh, 229, so pretty similar. Not available till September 2019, though, which mm. is about three years out from now. <laughs> and uh... so, place your place your pre-orders. Now, this thing this thing's real cute. Um, I like it. 12 inch wheels, 49 cc. Yeah, this thing's cool. Uh, and I just want to like, just get. I mean. There's, there's got to be a room for a little bike like this in everyone's shed. Like, I feel like everyone needs a play bike. No matter how small your shed, <laughs> this bike will fit. <laughs> but just on that topic for a minute, right? Play bikes. I think as I matured as a rider and I wanted more powerful, bigger, more capable motorcycles, you know, higher displacement, um, you know, bigger adventure bikes or the insatiable hunger for more power, more power. Um, yes. It, you know, I think I lost a little something in that. Um, like a little of your innocence, <laughs> a little of that spark of naivete that, uh, that was really keeping you alive. Yeah. Now I'm just a, just a, you're just a jaded corporate coffee drinking. You're jaded horsepower chaser. <laughs> um, but no, it's like there's something really brilliant about a little bike that you can't take on a big trip that you don't feel like you need to put on the space pants to drive. That um, is just like a, a thing that doesn't challenge you that, you know, you're going to be riding sort of at its limits, you know, with your advanced riding skill at this point. Mm hmm. And like, I, that, I think I'm missing that right now. I don't think I have that in my stable right now. I think I want a bike that's light, small, low powered, and you can just, just. You want a it. bike that you will be the boss of as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. I am tired of these bikes telling me what to do. <laughs> this bike is your employee. <laughs> right. I want to be the boss. That's right. Yeah. So well, if you want a bike, you can uh, push around. <laughs> literally push over. This might be the one for you. This is a little too small. A little too small. <laughs> no, I think I want like a like a like a hundred twenty five or two hundred cc dual sport. I think that that's the right class of bike that just feels light, thin, you know, buzzy. Take a curb on it, you know. Just that's that's what I'm in the market for. I think. Well, that's a pretty great segue to 
some of these concept bikes that we have seen from the show. What what was the show? Eichma. Eichma. That's right. Uh, Honda has a couple of interesting little concept bikes in there that kind of fit the bill that you're talking about right now. Yeah, I'm 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 excited for some of this. I'm actually excited, really, for what the motorcycle industry is putting forward as a whole right now. I feel like there's a lot of fun, uh, you know, sort of lighter, smaller, um, a lot more sort of naked bike concepts, you know, a lot of kind of like semi throwback stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's looking good. I like, uh, let's see this Honda CB 125 M. Um, I don't, I mean, how do you even describe the littlest thing? adventure bike? I don't know if you can call this an adventure bike, can you? I mean, this thing well, looks... It's taken its styling cues from adventure bikes. It's true. It's got the angularness, but I feel like it's definitely very street-oriented in, in its aesthetic. Uh, seeing more stuff from the uh, Husqvarna uh, Vitpilin line, um, they did sort of like a kind of cafe thing with like a little uh, windshield I would call it a racer, fairing, a, fairing. a racing fairing. That's the word. That's the right word. Um, yeah, I I really want to check out one of those 701s, those uh, Vitpillins. Well, because they got what? There's like a 450 version of that thing, mm-hmm. and there's a 700cc version of that thing. The styling looks incredible. I think we talked about them before. It's like the styling on them is just crazy cool. Um, yeah. And they're real. I mean, they're like out. Like it's one of those bikes that went from like concept bike to an actual bike, and the styling stayed really consistent. And I don't know. I'm I'm excited about. It. I want to check one of those out. Oh, you were talking about the the CB125X, and I started talking about the uh, CB125M. I w- is right. Like that's oh, the one that's, that's right. yeah. That's yeah. the one that's the little like miniature uh, ADV kind of small bore. Yeah, that thing looks sick. It looks yeah, it yeah, looks like the, a rally bike. The X is the uh, rally slash adventure bike. That thing looks cool. Yeah, the M is more like a like a street fighter, or like a like a hyper motard. Yeah, this thing this thing though the the CB one twenty five X. Look that up from Eichmann. That thing looks that thing looks really cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm into that. It's it's. It's got the total rally style, uh, sort of windshield covering up the LED headlight in front. Um, I think that thing's sweet. It looks a lot more powerful than it is. Yeah. But who knows? Then, you know, if it's light enough. I can definitely see this bike doing really well in other markets, especially maybe the sort of South American market or even parts of Europe where... Everyone seems to ride 250 or smaller motorcycles. Um, <laughs> right. Or is so, that in like Portugal where we're at that biker bar and those guys are like, oh, what, do you, what, what, what what kind of bikes you ride? Like that. They're like, oh, what's the, how big is the engine? Like, what is that? Is that like a 250? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what accent we're doing. What yeah. Is, what is that? What is uh, that's a, not at all how they sounded. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing like like Godfather or something. Yeah. Come to me with your two fifty cc motors. Oh, cool. You ask me this favor. I don't want to have anything to do with the two fifties. <laughs> I think yeah, we're like eight hundred cc. They're eight hundred cc. These guys blew their mind. It blew their mind. All right. 
what else we got? Oh, uh, Harley Livewire starting to get more real again. There was like a big gap there where it was like, is the live did the Livewire just go away? Because they had sort of done that tour with those pre-production models, taking them around to a bunch of motorcycle events to collect kind of feedback and test the waters. And then it just went silent. It just felt like maybe the feedback was like, don't you dare make an electric bike. That's not what Harley's about. Yeah. Cause it felt like they pulled the plug on the live wire. Ooh, <laughs> good one. Yeah. I, I wrote that one down a week ago when we started recording this set of 20 episodes. <laughs> it's still written there uh, on your, on the back of your hand. I see. Yeah. I didn't want to forget it because it's so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was like a big gap there where it's like, are, are, is that not happening? Because honestly, the most exciting thing Harley has shown me in a long time. Um, but now it seems to be back and it seems to be getting pretty real. It's a pretty interesting. Uh, it's a pretty interesting move, especially since it feels like more than any, maybe any other brand, Harley is known for their like sound yeah and potato 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 yeah yeah that that relentless potato <laughs> and uh you know the brand... that's what the patent that's how the patent's written it's <laughs> called relentless potato it's called the relentless potato <laughs> um so yeah it's i don't know i think it's kind of cool to see them uh taking some risks and even with what their sort of basic brand promise or their brand identity this is uh well yeah pretty, and this pretty off the mark this uh uh article here in hot bikes hot bike um sort of talking through it i mean it harley's sort of making claims like hey we want to be like the number one electric bike manufacturer in the world and and why shouldn't they like i mean i think you know, Zero right now is producing the most electric bikes in the marketplace. More on electric bikes in a moment. Um, and, you know, we've, we've seen some other startups kind of pop up and, and, and some fade away. Some go for the real exotic high end, you know. But we haven't really seen a major brand. And I, I still can't believe this. I still can't believe that, you know, Honda or... Um, Yamaha or, you know, one of these more sort of tech oriented brands doesn't have a mod like a, a mainstream electric bike yet. It, it just, it you got to know they're working on it in the background. They've got to be working on it. And they I think they have, to. you know, but it's cool to see, you know, uh, Harley stepping up and, and trying to say like, you know, we can go there. We can, we can go the more technical route. Um, but this thing looks pretty cool. Although I think it's looking worse than, the first time I saw it. Yeah, it's got kind of a strange stance. I, I think for me, it's this this front cowl is getting more styling on it. And I, mm -hmm. I don't know why it had a pretty. It's got a lot of personality going on <laughs> that that headlight cowl. What was that? That that um that Manta Ray uh, sort of pig bike we were looking at <laughs> <laughs> that Harley Harley ADV bike. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the same guy who drew that is is pinning this one. Well, that's that's a pretty safe bet, I would say. Yeah, I took a big leap on that. Um, I it I don't like this direction for for it. I think it looked pretty great two three years ago. <laughs> whenever they 
they brought it out. Um, it's it looks like it's gotten bigger though. It looks like it's gotten more squat. Mm. I wonder if they had to put a bigger battery pack in it to like reach reasonable range targets. Could be. Yeah. You know, so that would be great if Harley, you know, took the lead in electric bikes. I I would be really happy to see that happening. Um, let's talk about Alta. Alta no. was uh, I know. Harley invested a, a lot of money in Alta at some point, I believe. Um, and I was pretty smitten with what I was seeing coming out of them, which is these pretty high-performing electric dirt bikes. It's uh, like, yeah, how about how about just how about hell yeah, quiet those things down, simplify everything. Yeah, lower maintenance. You lower know. maintenance. Very light package, a lot of weight like down at the center of the bike. I mean, yeah, I didn't, I never got to ride an Alta. All the reviews I read, super positive. And you know, now they'll probably go on fire sale. We should probably, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I mean, you'll have no, no line of support for them anymore, but, um, right, not that much besides the battery pack that could go wrong. And if the battery pack went wrong, well, that bike's kind of done for anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, so yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're, sh- Closing up shop as of uh, mid October, twenty eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we invested in that crystal ball. It is yeah, paying dividends. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a bummer. Uh, I want to see more startups. I want to see more. I feel like it's very hard to start a vehicle company, right? Oh I mean, yeah, it's got to be hugely huge investment cost. Um, and and you know, Alta seemed like a really promising, interesting startup. But you kind of always felt like they were in it for the battery technology, that motorcycles were just a vehicle. What to... do you really want to build are jetpacks? Electric jetpacks. Um, no, that they were always sort of gunning for an acquisition, always sort of, I mean, it was Bay Area company, very tech focused, you know, and sourcing a lot of the components for the bikes. They weren't really... It didn't really seem like they were trying to build a motorcycle company as much as they were trying to build an incredible battery power plant for electrical vehicles. Mm-hmm. And that the smallest, cheapest, easiest a vehicle to get to market was a motorcycle. Interesting. Um, so the fact that they've, you know, maybe dissolved, maybe been acquired, you know, maybe whatever, unfortunately doesn't doesn't take me totally by surprise, although it is sad. Because I think they have a, a, you know, a cool package and good-looking bike, and from every report I read, a real, real treat to ride. Um, so anyway, if you're in the market for an electric bike, you should run out to your local Alta dealer and see if they got any floor models because they're probably fire sailing them. It helps if you are an engineer. <laughs> yes, yes. And we'll be able to figure out yes. how to support and maintain <clears throat> the bike all by yourself. Shout out to our electric engineering listeners. That's right. Let's turn to some listener feedback. Had a couple of good uh, notes from various folks on on some of the past episodes. Um, I do really enjoy getting notes from people who have just like randomly found the podcast and write to say like, hey, just ran through your episodes, just got caught up, really enjoying it, looking forward to the next one. And then I laugh because you're going to have to wait three months. That's right. (laughs) But it really is great to get that feedback. So keep feeding us back, y'all. We we love hearing what you think of the show. And we take your suggestions to heart. We do. And to that end, 
we got a, a very informative note uh, from from Scott in Portland, uh, hollering back to episode 17. Uh, we were talking about motorcycle parking, a amazingly exciting topic um, that yes. I know had a lot of people just on the edge of their seats. Um, it's been our, our most dynamic topic of all the topics in all 19 episodes, I would say. Um, but I, I guess Scott felt that um, Jose, uh, being a, a recent transplant to uh, Portland, might have gotten a couple of mm. the facts wrong. So we wanted to share um, uh, Scott's note, especially since Jose is not on the podcast today. Uh, and so we were trying to we we're trying to figure out what Scott sounds like. Uh, I assume it's something like, uh, "Hey guys, uh, Scott from Portland here." I don't, I don't think that's Scott. Okay, uh, um, maybe it's like a. Uh, hey guys, uh, Scott here. No, Scott here. No, I don't feel it. It's like, I mean, what's think? a Portland accent sound like anyway? Is there such a thing? Ahoy hoy. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, you've just cut down a tree because you're a lumberjack, I assume, because mm, you're from Portland. Mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you're wet. You're sopping wet. Um, you're bearded. All right. I, I think I've got this. Okay. Hey, guys. Scott from Portland here. Great podcasts. However, Jose is completely wrong about motorcycle parking in Portland. Holy beep. <laughs> Completely missed the mark and made Portland sound totally anti-motorcycle. Yes, we have dedicated motorcycle spots throughout Portland. Bonus, but not required. You can park in a parallel spot as well. This is good to know. And if a car is in a spot and there is room, you can still park in the space. Assuming you don't be a dick and crowd the car. Also very important. In all cases, you have to pay to park. But we are not as restricted and backwards as Jose depicted. He also claimed there were no local motorcycle events and shows here. So wrong! Scott, we really appreciate this detailed feedback. Uh... And, and and your generous use of exclamation points. <laughs> also, we appreciate someone holding Jose accountable for his misinformation campaign, which he was pulling the wool even over our eyes on this. Uh, so thank you for setting the record straight, and thank you for the email. Yes, and per uh, Above Idle Policy, we will be sending Scott a $4,000 gift certificate to Psycho World. Also, an uh, unlimited free downloads of every episode of Above Idol. Yes. Um, what else? Um, Randy, responding to the uh, writing with dogs uh, discussion, uh, pointed out a episode of Adventure Writer uh, Radio, which is a, that's a great podcast if um, if you're into the ADV bike scene mm-hmm. or you're just into hearing people's harrowing tales of writing long distances or taking on big challenges it's a pretty fun one it's, it's well produced and, and they got a lot of great guests so if if you're entertained by riding with dogs uh head on over to adventure rider radio and um let me see if i know what exact episode number this is for you guys yeah i don't but anyway um <laughs> you'll figure it out uh what else oh um 
Yeah, uh, James chimed in on the what what magazines do you read and mentioned uh, Writer, which I'm actually I'm not familiar. I feel like I've maybe seen it in an airport magazine rack and, and maybe grabbed a copy of it. Um, but he was just noting that it, they, they seem to cover quite a broad selection of bikes. I don't know if they're U.S. based or, or Euro based, but anyway, so check out Rider Magazine if you're looking for more more periodicals. And Alexa's chiming in. Oh, Alexa's the new Jose. Oh, interesting. You guys think about it. Think, think, think about if this if this could work. Send us some feedback. Alexa, you're the new Jose. Sorry, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, mm. no one wants to be the new Jose. We get it. Yeah, well, I don't blame you either. <laughs> um, Alexa, what's your favorite motorcycle? triumph what well and there least... you have it folks computers right. like triumphs <laughs> which makes clay a computer that's right uh the the jig is up yes i i see right through your algorithms um although you're not super good at staying up on a motorcycle so maybe maybe you're an earlier firmware that's true everything is an iteration uh we did ask folks about small bikes uh, uh many moons ago and um most folks seem relatively enthusiastic about smaller bikes and sort of the trend in the industry towards towards having real small bike options that don't just suck uh sort of a mix between people being interested in the adventure style small bikes and the sort of standard you know classic bike small bike and that, and that makes sense right it's like adventure bikes have classically been giant and heavy and unwieldy and if you genuinely want to ride them off road bringing the weight down bringing the power down is fine mm -hmm. um and then of course like around town like we were saying a, a small light bike makes all the sense in the world yep it's good you know feel free to challenge me on this <laughs> no i agree with you 110 percent. thanks scott um what else oh electric bikes we've we've talked about that a lot uh we asked for feedback on that um most most people sort of said like you know hey are you excited about electric bikes like yeah somewhat but i'm not ready yet to jump into this market it feels a little feels a little immature doesn't really feel like it's 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 100 percent dialed in um and and then sort of in town commuting was by far the place where people saw electric bikes fitting into their bike ownership which you know no big shockers on that one right uh i also would just like to let everyone know that i am going to be dedicating myself anew to uh, a podcast about e-scooters i'm giving up on motorcycles and dedicating all of my energy towards the birds the limes you know, what's the name of this podcast? It's called uh, Clay Scoots. Don't scoot the messenger. Wow. And uh, uh, yeah. just stay tuned because it's it's going to be huge. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, are you going to cover electric bicycles and other rentables, or is this no, 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 no. Uh, purely any wheel that's larger than six inches in diameter is. <laughs> Pretty much w not worth talking about, if you ask me. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, it's sorry to see you go. We've lost Jose. We've lost Clay. Um, I will, me and Alexa will soldier on uh, to bring you more motorcycle mayhem <laughs> in the future. I think we can tie it up there, put a motorcycle bow on it, and call this motorcycle podcast Motorcycle Cooked. Agreed. Let's do it. Until next time, which maybe next week, maybe next year. It's a cliffhanger. I love that.